It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. When the red, red robin comes bum, bum, bumming along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. left to go yesterday all our troubles seemed so far away but by the end it was back at yoko oh no welcome to charlton live So good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio, coming to you live from the Valley. My name is uh, Louis Mendes, joining me in the studio here at the Valley as we get ready to look back at yesterday's uh, disappointing 2-1 home defeat against Coventry City. Is uh, Tom Wallin, how you doing Tom? Alright. Yeah? Yeah, a little bit flat. Bit flat, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah uh, not bad. that's how we feel, a bit flat-footed, like our defence unfortunately yeah. at times yesterday. <laughs> Uh, during that defeat also joining the two of us here uh, in the studio is Lewis Cat. how are you doing Lewis? Yeah same as Tom mate a bit deflated to be honest yeah a bit deflated a bit flat um, three games without a win now actually <laughs> well, that's not the form you want to be going into an international break on 
Uh, but unfortunately, that's uh, exactly where we are uh, at the moment. So on tonight's show, we will look back at that defeat uh, against Coventry City. We're going to hear the highlights. We're going to hear our exclusive interview uh, with Lee Boyer as well. We want to hear what you guys made of the game. Where did it all go wrong? Why couldn't we see it out when we seem so comfortable with 10 minutes left to go? You can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live. You can head over to the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there uh, for tonight's show as well to have your say. Also, in the second part of the show, we're going to do a mid-term report. Now that we're hitting the uh, the first, or Charlton's first um, international break of the season, uh, the first time we're going to have a couple of weeks off, I thought now was quite a good time to sort of take stock of where we are, really. So I've just asked a few uh, general questions which you can uh, answer. So they are what, uh, what you would give our start to the season out of 10 and why uh, the best player so far this season uh, the player who perhaps has let you down a little bit so far this season, the player you're expecting a little bit more from. And finally, after you know seeing what we've done so far this season, where you think we will finish. We've got plenty of you guys have already had your say on that, uh, and we'll be looking at that in, in more detail later on in the show. So if you want to have your say on that, reply to the tweet in our timeline a little bit further down uh, about the midterm report. Or again, you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Again, there's a thread for that on uh, Charlton, Live, uh, Charlton Live Forum as well, if you want to have your say, if you want to answer our midterm report. Right, just before we hear the highlights, Tom and Lewis, Tom first. Um, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> 10 minutes left to go. Uh, we look like we might be finally grinding out a boring 1-0 win after all the excitement we've had over the last few weeks. But no, no, didn't happen. We we lost. Yeah, I think um, it's another one of those games where Bowie will wish that we could score some of those other chances and, and not be going into the final 10 minutes with just a one goal lead because I think the crowd and the players and the whole side, everything, we just got a bit complacent, I think, because it, it had been very, very easy. Um, you know, I don't mean any disrespect to Coventry, but they hadn't really threatened a, a huge amount. They'd had a couple of chances early on. We got our goal and I thought we'd just dominated the midfield and the, the middle third of the pitch all game and then as per Tuesday night, some sloppy defending, some uh, players having to play out of position as a result of injuries. And we concede and you think, oh, that's frustrating to go home with a point when I, I felt we deserved to win the game. And then you think, right, well, let's just shut it out now. Let's at least get that point. And, and then more sloppy defending five minutes later and, and the game's over. So, yeah, just left feeling feeling a bit confused, really, because I thought the game was there for the, for the taking and I thought we should have won it. Mm. Lewis, I mean, did you see that coming with 10 minutes left to go? Um, well, I mean, me and Tom watched it together yesterday and I, I th- we did say um, we needed to get that second goal. We needed to be a bit more clinical in front of goal and we weren't. We didn't take our chances. Um, the equaliser going in just seemed a little bit like it was scripted and it was always going to happen. Mm. Um, and then, you know what you know what it's like as as a Charlton fan when it gets towards the end of the game and, and we get in that position. It seems like they're going to score and it was. It was just sloppy defending and unfortunately the position we're in at the moment with injuries is forcing us to play people out of position. But mm. it's just a bit of a shame at the moment that, you know, over the last week, Luton, we've lost drop points from a winning position. Scunthorpe dropped points from a winning position and again yesterday and it just seems like that's something that really needs to be addressed, mm. especially over this international break. Yeah, I mean, we've even seen, if you think about the uh, Shrewsbury game earlier on in the season, we almost did. Luckily, we then went on to score again, having conceded an equaliser with 10 minutes left. Acklington away, it's about 10 minutes, 12 minutes from the end that they equalised. It has happened. Sunderland. Sun- Sunderland, Barra. of course. Mm. Peterborough as well was a late goal, although we were a bit mugged off yeah. in that with a penalty. But still, I mean, it has happened over the course of the season. It did happen a lot last season. We were sort of crying about the fact that we had scored quite a few late goals so far this campaign. And we were hoping that that was a turnaround from what we'd seen uh, last season. But obviously, 
really, it's still something that's just lurking in in the background, unfortunately, and it's cost us uh, three points yesterday. Not even not even a point yesterday because we were leading by uh, one goal to nil with, with ten minutes left to go. But it was that that double from uh, Amadou Bakayoko that won it. He came off the bench and scored twice uh, in front of the Coventry fans to to uh, secure the three points for the Sky Blues. Right, um, let's have a listen to the highlights. Uh, Terry and Greg were on the Valley Pass yesterday. This is what happened uh, during the game with Coventry City. Coming inside, second corner quickly. Quickly into the uh, into the six-yard box on. Luckily for Charlton, Aribo was there, but it's uh, back into Bayliss. Corner and penalty, chip ball back across, headed clear by Cullen, drops to the edge of the area, and it's a harmless shot in the end by Kelly, but uh, Coventry the first to really throw. Foster now back onto his left. Inside to Reeves. Reeves got Aribo out to his left. Edge of the penalty area, to Grant! Ball. Oh, it's touch and save, Fosso! Oh. oh, cleared over the bar! It looked like it was going to be buried in the left-hand corner. Fosso's shot cleared over the bar. It's a Charlton corner. It's a great ball in. The keeper parries, comes to Fosso, and there's a defender on the line, six, about five yards out. It's Couldn't see who it was. On the line. No away by Brown with his hand. It's going to drop back to Fosso. Trying to shape on his right foot. Thinks about the shot, takes a shot. Oh, it took a deflection, and uh, I think the keeper then touched it round the post, and it's away for a Charlton corner. Now with Brown on the Charlton right-hand side. Reeves comes over. Brown chip ball back into the penalty area. This time, Sarge jumps, gets something on it, but it'll go all the way through to Bayliss. Bayliss finds Kelly behind him. Kelly thinks about a shot, takes it all the way along. He finds Chaplin, who should have done better with that. Instead, he skies it over the bar. Yeah, it's a glorious chance for Coventry. Solly down the line to Fossu. Fossu approaching the penalty area. Back to Chris Solly. Solly, chip ball towards the far post. Lord Taylor oh, saved score. on the line. Oh, no. Taylor got the contact, but not oh, quite not what he wanted. <laughs> and Burge saves on the line. That was a lovely piece of play from Charlton. Patient again still, but in a dangerous area. And there was a cross that was begging to come in at some point. And it was Chris Solly with his right foot who chipped the ball, found the run of uh, Lyle Taylor. And you'd have, you'd have put his mortgage on to finish that, wouldn't you? But he heads it straight into Burge's arms, who nearly spooned it over the line. Switch across oh. to Solly. That ball's always been on, and it's well executed by Reeves. Solly backwards to Fossu. Fossu thinking about a shot on the edge of the box. Fossu goes for it! Oh, oh just wide. Another great effort from Tariq Fossu, his right foot. Curling effort just past the left-hand upright. And another good move from Charlton. One way, then the other, and a, a good switch ball out to Reeves. You said it. It's been on quite a few times. This time it found uh, Chris Solly, a little instant touchback to Fossu, who had space to move into, and he almost picked out the left-hand corner of the net with his shot. Dick Stewart out right to Fossu. Fossu closed down by Doyle. Still with it, Tariq Fossu. Across to Cullen. Cullen, lovely ball down the line to Taylor. Taylor trying to get under control, has done so. Taylor beats Brown, oh, is it upended? Got to be, yes! a penalty. Great Come work on. from Lyle Taylor on the right-hand side. Used his strength to out-muscle Brown. Approaching the penalty here, Brown dived in. Didn't get anything on the ball and brings down Lyle Taylor and Charlton have the penalty. No complaints at all, and I think uh, that's justice because Tariq Foster was taken out after he laid the ball into Taylor by uh, by Doyle, and the referee uh, ignored it completely, and it was a clear block off, and he and he pulled him down, hoping that he wouldn't be able to use himself as an overlap for Taylor. Instead, Taylor took the opportunity to take on uh, Junior Brown. Got past him, and Brown tried to get to the ball, just took out Lyle Taylor's legs. And it won't be Tariq Fossu this time, he took the last spot kick against Loon. It's going to be Lyle Taylor himself to step up. Lyle Taylor walks up, Taylor strikes, Taylor yeah, scores! Come on! Just before half-time, the Addicts take the lead through that man Lyle Taylor, who just can't stop scoring at the moment for the Addicts, and makes it 1-0. Oh, the man in the pink boots, having uh, had his last penalty saved, was making no mistake with this one. And uh, this um, 
Rebo's uh, holding his head. I think something's been thrown from the uh, from the Coventry and the referee's bringing it over. It's a coin, I think, been thrown from the Coventry fans. And it's hit Rebo. Hold, he's holding his head. A few players looking at it. It's definitely something thrown from the Coventry end after the penalty went in. Charlton players celebrating, and Rebo gets uh, clonked on the head with a coin for his uh, troubles. Poor, poor form from the Coventry fans. Really poor. Charlton have not been perfect this first 45 minutes but have the lead and there is the half-time whistle the, uh, <coughs> Reeves to take it's about 10 yards <coughs> excuse me inside the well maybe 15 inside, yards inside the commentary half knocked across to Naby Saar other side of the centre circle Saar on a little bit of a run chip ball into the box look at Grant headed away but it's only as far as Reeves who takes the shot oh just over the bar Reeves it wasn't a thunderbolt just caught it with the top of his left boot and yeah. almost sent it uh, dipping beyond Burge in the goal, but uh, just too much on it than over the bar. Oh, keeper's got to make this. He's gone all the way to the corner flag, the keeper. And that's uh, super work for Taylor. Forced the keeper to touch it. Keeper's trying to get back in goal. Cullen, little flick on. Finds Lapsley in the box. Finds Grant. Now the keeper's back on station. Back to Lapsley. Lapsley's got Taylor out to his right. Taylor, corner of the penalty area on the right-hand side. Beats his man, ball into the box. Grant's there. Keeper touches it away. And it's swiped clear by Davis. And away for a Charlton corner. Ball infield, looking for the run of uh, Thompson. He's uh, into the corner of the penalty area. Ball across and it's finished by Bakayoko. And commentary are back level. Well, this is a problem with this Charlton side. They really can't hold on to leads. Coventry really haven't had that much second half. And they just work a simple opening. Thomas on the left-hand side and on the edge of the penalty area. Ball across to Bakayoko, who can't miss. Well, a few yards out, but Charlton guilty of giving a goal away again. It's something that they, they need to really work on. You fully feel, you feel believe that with 10 minutes left, they could go back ahead, the addicts, but to get themselves in this situation, you, you think of how many games we've, where we've conceded late goals. to go backwards to Saar because of uh, being forced out, but Saar still on it now. Halfway inside the contrary, that's a lovely ball into the box. Warburton ahead, oh! oh! Just wide right of the post. Oh, a lovely so cross unlucky. for a so cross field ball by Naby Saar to pick out the run of Ward. We just couldn't oh, header it into the corner. Oh, it's not far away at all, just saw the replay. What a pick out from Naby Saar. I think, if anything, the only thing that denies Ward a little bit is, is Taylor's there as well. And Ward always has to angle his header. He, he's diving, it's not an easy chance whatsoever. He's good connection, it looked like it was creeping towards the far post and just evades it. Goal kick comes away, Charlton agonisingly close to going ahead. Bakioko wins the header, down two. Chaplin, Chaplin out to Hivula. Hivula sees Chaplin on the on the run, ball into the box. Bakioko's there, and they've scored. Oh, Charlton sucker punched after almost going ahead. Have now succumbed to a last minute second goal. Oh, I don't believe it. Oh, really, it, it looked like Charlton were going to get the win almost a minute before that. And again, it's the left-hand side. It's it's too easy for Coventry, the ball in, Bakayoko beats his man, I think he might have been pierced first, and it's a good header, and the substitute with the double has surely given Coventry all three points in a game where Charlton should have won. Charlton really should have won this. It's cleared away, and that is the final whistle here at the Valley. And Coventry have uh, stolen all three points. So there we go, the highlights from Valley Pass, and um, you could hear the, the wise words of Stubbly there, saying Charlton should have won. And perhaps we should well have done with the chances that we had. Yeah, completely agree with him. Um, Fosu had two or three in the first half. Taylor had one in the first half. 
Uh, Grant had a couple. Ward had that one towards the end. Um, we we could could easily have had three or four um, up until about 60, 70 minutes. Uh, and as Lewis said earlier, I've forgotten, but we, we had said a couple of times that while it's 1-0, we're nervous. And um, as I said earlier, I thought we can controlled large parts of the game. We just, especially for the first what, half an hour, Taylor and Grant weren't seeing a lot of the ball. But that midfield were absolutely dominating. And and we looked in control of the game and, and we got our goal and then just just threw it away at the end. And, and Greg's right, we, we probably should have won that game. Quite quite clear that Coventry came with a game plan. So even when, even when they went a goal down... Um, uh, you know, just before half time, it's not like all of a sudden the second half they suddenly threw that game plan out the window. They still were just happy to sit back on the ball and let Charlton try and work it around. And perhaps you'd say in that second half we didn't create as many chances as we should have, but they they knew what they were doing and they were just going to go and push for it for maybe the last twenty minutes or so. And that's when it happened. And that's when our unfortunately defensive vulnerability at the moment was uh, was sort of left wide open. Well, exactly. It just seems to be where our frailties lie at the moment. Is the just the the lack of being able to hold on to a lead and and to one to be able to kill teams off especially at home um we had so many chances yesterday we we should have been we should have been well away but we weren't and i think teams are probably going to be looking at us and seeing that as a weakness now and you know coventry really weren't, weren't in the game really until the last sort of 10 15 minutes i thought we were comfortable all over but it's just that it's just not being able to kill these teams off, which is absolutely burying us at the moment. Mm. Obviously, the, the two enforced changes before before the game started. We know now that Lewis Page is set for six weeks on the sidelines, which is uh, particularly bad news because we don't have a backup left back that mm. that is considered ready. Because uh, I think Jamie Maskell, despite being injured at the moment, anyway, uh, Bowyer said uh, in, in the South London press on Friday that he's not. He, mm. he doesn't believe he's ready. So that means we ended up moving Solly across to left-back, as he did play during the Scunthorpe defeat. Dick still started at right-back. The other one, of course, uh, Prattley was uh, suspended due to his fifth booking of the season up at Scunny. Um, I think Reeves would have come in for him anyway, I think, yeah. in, in a home game. And uh, I thought Reeves looked you know, pretty useful again yesterday. He's, he's been playing well so far uh, this season. I mean, but you look at that lineup, and you're just looking at that back four, and you know now you've got your two left-footed central defenders, so one of them's playing on the wrong side of central defence as far as they're concerned, and that's Piercy. You've got Solly, who's playing at left-back. Now, he's done it before. He did it a fair bit for a season or so under Powley uh, when uh, Royce Wiggins was that injured. I think he spent a few months over there. Um, and, you, and you've got Dick Steele, who really is more of a defensive midfielder than a right-back, filling it right-back. So it's very much, I mean, Bayer said himself, it's a bit of a pick-and-mix situation. Mm. And it, I mean, it's no excuse, but it can't help. Yeah, it's it, it's not an excuse, but it's you, if you look at the goals, it's the reason it happened, and it's it's very makeshift, and and they're all good players in their own right, but they're being asked to do jobs that aren't aren't the jobs that's expected of them. And when you see that lineup, um, the front six, that midfield, I can't think of a better midfield in this league, and those front two, as we know, are on fire. So you look at that and you think, right, they're gonna with that defence, perhaps looking a little bit suspect, they're gonna have to just outscore the opposition, and they're more than capable of doing it. So you think if we'd have scored two or three of those chances yesterday, we probably wouldn't have had a problem. But we didn't. And then you look at that back four, and like you say, you've got two left-footed central defenders. Uh, You've got Solly playing out on the left. And with that diamond, we were saying yesterday, he doesn't overlap in the same way Mm. that Page does because he he wants to cut in. Um, And then you've got Jigsteel, who again, I've seen him play right back at checker trade games and stuff, and and he can do it. But again, it's not his favourite position. And Again, no disrespect to Coventry. They're not the best team in this league, but they're a better team than some of the checker trade teams we've played against. And against a, an opposition like that, especially when they brought fresh legs on, he looks a little bit exposed as well. Again, down perhaps down to that diamond and the fact that you haven't got that cover. So 
it is that back five was a concern before the game. I didn't expect it to end quite as badly as it did, mm. but until we get those injuries back, we're going to have to find a way to manage that. Yeah, particularly agree with the point you mentioned about Solly going forward. Now, I think Solly actually gets forward right on the right-hand side, but it was on the left too many times. I mean, he had to cut in onto his right. I mean, we did see one in the first half where he cut in onto his right and he delivered a great cross, but he is, he's just not getting the overlapping perhaps as much as he would do on the other side. And that just makes us a bit unbalanced perhaps going forward. Yeah, it does. It's, it's just a bit patched up at the back, isn't it? And I think, like, like Tom said there, when, when you've got that sort of lack of consistency especially in the back and you've got people doing doing things they're not supposed to be doing and they're they're being asked of a fair bit you it does sort of throw everything and and I think also they're not really backed up and we'll probably come on to talk about Jed Steer a bit later on but I I was interested to see yesterday um sitting down in the lower with with Tom that I I don't think Jed Steer really commands much of his defenders I don't think he actually commands the box very Mm. well and I think there was a chance in the first half as he came to nothing it went, it went over the bar but I think if you, your defence is letting the player get in that position your, your goalie's got to be shouting at him he's got to be barking orders and I don't think he was yesterday and I think maybe that, that defence although it's patched up and is sort of lacklustre and, and all out of out of position probably benefit from, from that but it, it, it wasn't there yesterday mm. uh, Right so I mean early on uh, in, the, in the game we actually uh, yeah I mean let us know by the way what you made of Jed Steer because I noticed there's been a lot of conversation uh, around on, on social media I'm not sure I share everyone's views on that but I want to hear what you guys think of Jed Steer uh, so, so let me know email studio at chocolatelive.co.uk or, t- or tweet us if you think that Phillips should come back in because that's certainly what a couple of people have called for Um Early on at Scunthorpe, we conceded to a sloppy goal from a corner. We nearly got caught napping, didn't we, in the first couple of minutes. They took one short into the area. We we, we managed to scramble it away, but there, there was a, a volley, I think, from Luke Thomas uh, that, that went just wide. And there was perhaps a slight warning note that still we're still getting to grips with each other at the back. Yeah, and, and again, that, that's what it was. We fell asleep for a second. And as you say, on Tuesday night, we'd seen that, obviously, with the, with the first goal in particular. But... Just in general, we look poor from set pieces then. So you see them get a corner early on. You think, right, they're going to... I know they won't have had a full week to work on it, but you'll think they've put a couple of things in place just to manage that. And they took that one quarter, uh, short sorry, and we were caught and we'd just fallen asleep for a second. And before you know it, they're having a chance. And again, uh, as the game grew on, I got less and less concerned about them as a threat. But you see that at the start and you just think, right, this is going to be one of those games. But it didn't really pan out that way in the end. But at that point, I was like... Oh, because obviously I think everyone's come into the game a bit nervous about how that back four are mm. going to perform and you see that early on and you start to be a little bit concerned mm. uh, um, didn't re- I mean that that chance didn't really set the tone no. for the rest of the half but then neither did our chance that came on, on five minutes where um, the, the low cross I think it was from a rebo possibly got towards the the, the touchline and put it in. Grant was there alive at the near post. Good save by Lee Burge in the Coventry goal. And it comes out to Fossu. Now, you look at the replay, it's hard to tell if it is the keeper or the guy on the line. I think it's the guy on the line who hacks it away. Um, I mean, can Fossu be doing better? There was a lot of bodies in between him and the goal. Maybe if he had taken a touch and sidestepped round one of them. Yeah, I think he, he could have done better there. I, I mean, we, we suggested I think he's got to be scoring that, really. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like you say there, he... He did have a lot of people around him. It's one of those sort of panic situations. I suppose it comes to him. He wants to maybe hit it first time, but didn't really get enough power on it to really challenge anybody. Um, the sort of perfect height for the defender mm. just to sort of boot it away. And this is, but this is now where I mean, because I was hoping after seeing how easily we carved Scunny open during the week, obviously on the wrong end of a, of a high-scoring game, but we were creating chances at will in the first half, in particular against Scunny. And when I saw us create this good chance early on, I thought, here we go, it's going to be another another game. It's going to be a bit two in and throw in. Both teams have had a chance already. We're going to try and 
slice our way through them like we were during during the week. But uh, I mean, it, did, it didn't go like that at all, really. It took until maybe half an hour, 25 minutes before we had another chance. Yeah, and, and that's what I said earlier when we just preview, uh, sorry, reviewed it very quickly before the, the highlights, that that midfield is, is pretty strong and, and creative and exciting and dynamic and all those words that you want from a midfield. And, I mean, Cullen had the ball so often. Reeves, as you said earlier, I thought had a good game, was on the ball all the time. Aribo looked lively. And you see them all moving like that and you think, right, chances are going to come. But actually, uh, I'd love to know how many times between them Lyle and Carlin touched the ball in that first half an hour because you're probably looking at three or four, like max. And in terms of actually uh, touches in the box or even just around the box, I think very, very few, maybe one or two. That header, probably the, the main one. Um, and that was what was a bit weird, really, because... As I say, that midfield completely bossed that game, or certainly that period. I mean, I don't know what the possession stats were, but they must have been high. But we weren't creating anything from it. And it's something we've talked about previously, but that's down to, I think, more down to the quality of the players. I think we've got that quality now. They're good players. They know what they're doing. For some reason, they just weren't quite at it. And and as you say, we were... We had a lot of the game, but we weren't creating anything. Mm, and you, I mean, again, you can see that's what Coventry were quite happy to let us have the ball. Particularly if, if ever we were in possession in our own half, they barely came anywhere over the halfway line to to try and close us down. As soon as we'd start getting towards the edge of their box, then it become a bit tighter. Then you know you have to be patient. That's what Lee Bay was talking about after the game. You have to be patient to try and carve out the chances, and it, it did take a long time for them to come. Obviously, Coventry are then going to try and hit, try and get what they can at the other end. I think Chaplin had a couple of half decent chances. One where he cut in from the left and, and fired over and then one where actually a pretty good chance really where Kelly had driven towards goal from distance and he went straight to the feet of Chaplin he turned perhaps he I think he had more time than he realized when he hit it on the turn and, and fired it off target and then you know, for a team that wasn't really showing too much forward ambition they did have a couple of chances they did yeah and they, oh, they've got the players to sort of string that together I mean Chaplin yesterday I thought he actually had quite a decent game he probably could be a bit more clinical with the finishing and stuff but he was um he was a fair handful and our guys were sort of struggling with him a little bit but I think like Tom said there in the, in the midfield especially in the, in the first half we, we bossed the game so much we didn't really give them a huge amount of a chance to create anything but when they did it obviously showed our defensive frailties um, but I don't know maybe there's just got to be something between the midfield and the front two that's going to sort of maybe take a little bit of fine tuning over the international break to try and get the guys firing off of the amount of stuff we create because the the football we play is, is really is fantastic and I thought Cullen and Reeves yesterday, especially, I was I was massively impressed with them and the way they they bring people into play and create chances. But we're just not burying them. And Bowie's been saying for ages we're due to give someone a thrashing, but we're never going to give anyone a thrashing. The way we take chances at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, a perfect example of that is really even Lyle Taylor is obviously banging form with seven goals so far this season. When Solly did pick him out, um, he, he just didn't quite get the right contact with his header. I thought, I thought at the first it might even have come off his back rather, or his neck rather than his head uh, across from Solly. Found him unmarked. Burge did his best to almost drop it over the line as well. Uh, but that just perhaps shows how at times we aren't quite clinical enough. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the problem. And I'm not going to criticise those strikers too much because we have scored goals. But as Boya said and as you've just said there, we, we haven't hammered teams. You know, I think is there three or four teams that have scored more than us in the league. So we are getting our fair share of goals but when you think of it you know it's two to get a draw at Luton it's three at Scunthorpe where we've lost the game so it's not like we've battered a team 6-0 or 5-0 or anything like that so I agree with Boyer I do think that that will come at some point because again yesterday if those things click we score three or four it, it will happen they're, they're good enough players it, it's just a one-off but um, 
yeah, it's just unfortunate the way it is that yesterday the fact we didn't take those chances was combined with a, a super sub for the other team. Yeah, I thought that last 15 minutes of the first half showed what we could achieve if we, when we really started to put the pressure on commentary because we saw it, saw a couple of long ranges perhaps from Fosu got down the side, won a couple of corners, and the more and more you're putting that defence as going, you know, going so hard at defending and, and being organised and concentrating on that there's, there's always going to be a, a lapse in concentration that's what we saw just before half time when Junior Brown the, the Marcelo, <laughs> Marcelo uh, tribute act I mean just completely got the wrong side of Taylor and again we saw it during the week Taylor running at defenders uh, it seems to terrify the life out of him he got beyond Brown and Brown just hacked at him is a dreadful challenge a stupid challenge inside the area um, and that shows that if you can try and pressurise that defence they are going to be forced into errors at some point yeah absolutely I think the way, like you said there, and that that spell, especially Lyle Taylor, I thought, I mean, mainly in the second half, but definitely the end of the first half yesterday, he's, he's just lethal and he he does petrify defenders and he has that ability to to run at you. But he's he's so strong as well. I mean, you see so many of these strikers that are all about taking people on that are quite lightweight, but Lyle's just got something about it. It just absolutely petrifies people, and he was going to draw Junior Brown into that challenge, and it, it was stupid. And I don't think he really needed to needed to make it, but. Obviously, it went in our favour, and I'm glad that Lyle tucked his penalty mm. away. Yeah, I mean, especially if you consider he, he missed it. He's missed his last one, then didn't take the one against Luton. If you were listening last week, we did say that we believe that's because the Luton keeper was at AFC Wimbledon at the same time as him, so we thought they might be sort of on on the same wavelength. So it, it good to see Lyle Taylor step up. There was, a, I mean, you were pointed out, Lewis, during the you were watching the highlights. There's a Coventry defender telling yeah. the keeper to dive to his left with with his hand, like pointing, dive to your left. And he did, but Lyle Taylor put it in the other way. So we had that one there. It was unsavoury scene. I hadn't even seen it till I just watched the highlights uh, again just before the game. Um, a coin landed on Joe Rebo's head from the away end. That's pretty dirty. Yeah, that's not no need for that. Yeah, and I know that um, you shouldn't be chucking your money away if you live in Coventry. You need need all you can get. Um, so now, after the halftime break, you're expecting the second half to be more open because we're leading now you think Coventry are going to come out but as we said earlier I mean they were quite happy just to stick to their game plan and you think they were just going to think about perhaps the last 15 minutes or so just going to try and snatch something yeah and you've seen I've seen their manager after the game say that as well and say we've just got to stick to what we're doing and trust the the system we've set up and everything because results will come and I think if they do come out and try and play in that second half we win that game far more comfortably but they didn't they were um they were rigid they they stuck to what they've been told to do they were disciplined and it made it difficult for us and again I thought in the second half we didn't really impose ourselves as much as we had in the first half um, I thought their subs changed the game and, and ours didn't which is one of the few times this season I think you could say that um, mm. I think some of the changes were a little bit strange as well myself um, and yeah it was uh, as we've both said it just it didn't feel as comfortable and, and although we still I didn't they didn't create a huge amount of chances that I remember in the first sort of first half of the second half, if you like, the third quarter of the game. It still felt like while it's one nil, it only takes one of those chances and you find yourself level. And, and obviously, it took a long time for that to happen. But that second half had it kind of threatening that all game. Hmm. It's, it's interesting actually because I was going to point out something that Lee Bayer said to me uh, on the, the, the comment uh, in the interview after yesterday. He said he said that he was about to bring on Christian Billick just before Coventry scored. Mm, you could see him. Mm. Yeah. Um, but obviously decided not to in the end. So, I mean, do you think if he had done that, I mean, Lapsley had come on a few moments before for Reeves as well. I mean, do you think Lapsley was obviously brought on, I guess, for a bit more energy in midfield if there's going to be a bit of a midfield battle and Reeves 
that you could argue we weren't creating much in the second half, so perhaps he thought, well, I don't need someone technically gifted now, I just need someone who's going to battle in there. But do you think if, if Billick had come on maybe five minutes before, we might just have shored us up a bit? I think it would have, yeah. I think um, it would have allowed maybe um, Solly to switch over to right, Bellic to sit in midfield and Sartre to go over to the left and then maybe stick Jig still up into a defensive mid potentially. Um, or he could have stuck Billick in defensive mid I suppose but at least if, you, if he'd have sat it the other way the defence would have been a bit more in position um, mm. but I was I mean the Lapsley the Lapsley sub was I, I imagined was like you say down to the fact you know Reeves had sort of run his socks off the first half they were incredible and towards the end of the the, sta- the stage where he did come off maybe he wasn't as effective as he was and you can sort of sacrifice him for, for George because he is just a bit of it's like a little pit bull, isn't he? Just forever mm. chasing the ball down and and everything. So yeah, I, I agree with that. So I was quite um, the the time that we took Fossu off, I wasn't massively sure of, but I, I assume maybe that's just down to minutes. And yeah, I like think that. I, I think yeah, yeah the position back. of the game there. I think he took Fossu off when they'd equalised, didn't he? They, they'd yeah, five minutes left. I was thinking more, yeah. if anyone was going to create something, I thought maybe it would have been Fossu. But I suppose if he's if he's not massively. 100% firing on all, all cylinders yet that maybe you mm. do have to sacrifice him and Ward did have that golden chance didn't he that mm. he put just wide yeah. which I'm still not sure maybe if he'd have left that for Taylor Taylor would have scored it but yeah I mean it was uh, it was with just over half an hour left that the um, Mark Robbins made the double sub with Hewula and Bakayoko coming on for, for, for Coventry and they're two but I mean Hewula I remember seeing him at Bradford a couple of years ago and being really impressed and uh, obviously Bakayoko's got the two goals so he clearly has helped to change the game for him and that clearly is the, the point where they've decided right now this is going to be the last half an hour we try and make it into a shorter game where we can play our high intensity stuff for less time and hope we can try and nick something yeah and, and as I say you've you've got to praise them and the way they managed to execute that game plan because they didn't threaten largely for that first three quarters of the game and you look at how they set up and then you think right there's what 20 minutes left half an hour left they bring those players on if they go forward and they get picked off and they can see two more goals, well, they were going to lose the game anyway. So they've decided, right, let's just... And they didn't exactly throw caution to the wind and suddenly go nine up front. You know, they they just imposed themselves a little bit more. And we said it watching the game, you could see them pressing just 10, 20% higher up the pitch mm. um, and just putting us under that little bit more pressure, harrying our players a little bit more, giving us a little bit less time. And it was a very subtle change, but it made a big difference because suddenly... We were trying to play our football and we were that little bit closer to our own goal. Mm. Um, and, and that's where, again, they didn't still didn't create a huge amount of chances, but they just seemed to have a little bit more territory and a little bit more possession. And, and that's when we started to get nervous and think, right, we need to try and pick them off and get that second goal because if we don't, they're, they're in this game. And it's in, that, it's in that spell where they've pushed up slightly that we've started to have a couple of half mm. chances again. Yeah. We saw, when we saw Grant have one from the edge of the box, I think we saw a low ball in that, that, that came from, from Taylor perhaps towards the near post. Uh, that was hacked away and it was literally it was minutes after that that they got their leveller um, now obviously Bakayoko he, he's touched in uh, Solly was trying to pressurise him I think Boyer was talking about experienced players not quite doing what they should have done it, it, with the goals now of course we're still talking about players being on their wrong side having to defend with their wrong foot having their body facing the wrong way to what they used to uh, but I think Boya was perhaps expecting more from, from his defence to, to deal with both goals but I mean talk about the first one First, mm. do you think Solly could have got there before the before the striker? Yeah, I mean, I think he could have got there. Yeah, um, but like you say, it's on his it's on his wrong side. It's not going to come naturally to to these players. I mean, it's it's harsh. That it's it is that way, and maybe we shouldn't be allowing it to happen. And maybe 
someone has got to come in and, and help Solly out if he's not comfortable on that side. But I think he could have got there yesterday, but it's not the case. And again, in the middle, I think it's harsh because you've got Pierce playing on that side and he's so effective when he's playing on his good side that you're sort of taking him out of the game a little bit when he's on when he's on his bad. Mm. Uh, now, so obviously that was with nine minutes of, uh, of normal time left to go. Uh, Lyle Taylor had that shot that was quite easy for the keeper. Then we had the, the big chance now, Naby Sarr. Just, uh, just a long ball forward. Really, it was a really well measured one, and uh, it, it looked like it was just over the head of Taylor, and it was, it was Ward coming at the far post. And I, I'm not sure, looking back at it, if he's actually trying to pick out Carlin Grant, mm. possibly coming into the far post, or if he is just trying to arrow it in towards that far corner. Um, but that, that was a big chance, and it was seconds later. It was literally, I mean, uh, it, it, when you heard the highlights, there, I didn't clip any audio. It went out for a goal kick, and it's from that goal kick. They made their way down the side, and, and Bakayoko, again, he's nipped in in front of someone. Now, Piercy will be really disappointed as a big unit of a central defender not to get to that ball first before the striker. Yeah, and I think, firstly, on Ward, I'm not sure he knew which he was trying to do either, to be honest, because I think he's thinking, right, the ball's coming over, I'm going to head it a goal, then maybe does he see Grant out the corner of his eye and try and change it up, but it's too late, but he's got to hit the target for me he's got to go for goal and he's got to hit the target and especially when you see it from behind him because obviously we were sitting behind the goal when you see it from behind him there's a lot of space over on that side of the goal to aim for so it was really disappointing and then as you say they go straight up the other end and it's two defensive mistakes for the two goals and yeah Pierce, I think Jick Steele was here out of position as well um, and then Steer uh, questions over him as well as Lewis said I'm sure we'll discuss him in a bit more detail uh, in a second but yeah, just such both of them such poor goals to concede, and when you combine them to the five we conceded away on Tuesday as well, that's seven goals. You and you could argue every single one of them was preventable, mm. really. Uh, and if you prevent them, I mean, we're we're up in what second, third place in the league. So it, we we've got the talent there. Uh, we we're easily capable of doing it, but we just seem to have this habit at the moment of throwing these games, and we did it again last year. And I think Oxford's the one I tend to come back to where he conceded two very very late goals there as well, and. Again, that was a game where we just seemed to be cruising to a to a straightforward victory, and we threw that away. And I, d- I don't know why it keeps happening, but it's um, and injuries have played a part. I appreciate that, but those players are good enough to stop that sort of thing happening. I mean, Bayou had asked for a reaction from the game against Scunthorpe, obviously a five three defeat. Now he said he felt he felt he got one of sorts in terms of we were more organised and and we weren't being carved open at will like we were perhaps at Scunthorpe in, at times, particularly in the first half. But we still made a couple of mistakes, and so. Both sides of the coins there, really. You got a bit of a reaction. We were much more organised in terms of our shape at the bat, but we still we still made the sloppy errors. Exactly, and that's what's frustrating is that obviously the game on Tuesday was was just madness. I mean, it was both both teams as poor as each other, really, in terms of how they were carved apart by the other. But yesterday, much more organised defensively. I thought like the midfield being so comfortable as well sort of prevented the the defence from being under too much pressure and the way commentary played. Um, but like you say, towards the end, the the, the errors are the things that lead to the goals. And unfortunately, the two errors we made yesterday really did lead to those chances that um, ended up hitting the back of the net. And we've lost three points. Mm, so what difference a week makes? So this time last week, we were sitting here uh, after Solly's equaliser had, had sent us six unbeaten. Um, you know, there's only a point last week. But now when you add on these two defeats, we're now three games without a win going into an international break. I mean, possibly happy that we can have a bit of a break away now and try and get some some players fitness up a little bit um but it, it it's quite easy it's easy to get dragged into little runs isn't it in, in, especially in league one when, when you have these games on tuesday nights as well yeah i'm 
I'm not I'm not panicking. It, it is just two defeats. Um, obviously, the two early in the season, but two defeats recently. I, we've been on a very good run of form. Bowie wasn't nominated as manager of the month for no reason. You know, we've gone on a good run. We've got ourselves up and amongst it. Um, these are two very poor results. And I think Scunthorpe away, perhaps, I mean, the, the game itself was a bit a bit mad. But you look at that and you think, OK, to, to have got a point there would have been a good result. Um, but coming here against Coventry, I think we expected to win. And this one is more disappointing. Um, the international break has probably come at a good time despite those results because, as you say, we'll get some players fit. You'd think Billick, for one, will definitely be back by the time we come back to play. Is it Doncaster or Barnsley? Barnsley, we've got Barnsley at home. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've got two weeks for that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not panicking. I'm obviously disappointed that, that this week has not been as good as, as previously. Um, but, you know, it's the way it goes and I'm not too concerned. I think we've, we've definitely got the players to turn it around and we're still a top eight side for sure it's whether we can stop these little silly results and make sure we're a top six side come the end of the season and, and we've definitely got it in us it's just about whether we can whether we can sort it out right don't forget we want to hear what you guys made of yesterday's 2-1 home defeat against Coventry City you can email our studio at charltonlive.co.uk you can tweet us at Charlton Live, you can head over to the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there for tonight's show as well. We've got a few tweets already lined up to, to hear after we hear from the Alex Boss Lebo who came in to speak to Terry after yesterday's game. And, uh, well, this is what he had to say. Just switched off. Maybe they think it's too easy. Because it we was in full control of that second half. We, we attacked when we wanted. We were solid underneath the ball. We, we we just contained everything that they tried to throw at us and then all of a sudden they go bang bang and take the three points and see you later like it's just it's not just that it's the, the first half we have to take our chances again and the second half we we, we had a few chances again in the second half to, can't keep doing that you know like keep, keep creating and like the the football at times is great to watch, you know, and, and they're playing so well. Like the last three games, like this last week, obviously Luton, Scunny and, and today, they've played well in every game. They were one point. One point from obviously winning today to just see the game out. And then obviously Scumfall, you score three away from home, played really well and then just had a mad day at the office. Defensively, you had another six points, which we should have had over the last two games. Then we're sitting second. It sounds crazy, but it's a fact. You're going to look back at this and, and in this game and, as you say, the Scunthorpe Luton one and just scratch your head and wonder uh, did we only come away with that with one point? Yeah, it, it baffles me. And I've just told them that in there, look. You can't keep doing this. You can't give teams like too big a bad start because it'd be hard to pin them back then. But just to let them know, look, because on on Tuesday night they knew that they they, they outplayed Scunny, like they outplayed them. But they're just as silly goals they give away. And today's the same. Can't keep doing that because teams will hurt you. And um, I thought Coventry was a decent side. They came here, they made it difficult. That's the way they play. They play with their two two banks of four and just say, come and break us down. And and I thought we was patient. And, and we created opportunities to play through them and to get into good areas. And But 
you can't it, defend like that. Is it a case of um, you know, when we scored the goal, uh, which I thought you know richly deserved it, we were knocking on the door and being patient, as you say, but we got the goal through the penalty, um, and then maybe the, the side thought they uh, uh, sorry um, Coventry would open up a bit and come at us a bit more, but they didn't, and they sat deep still. Uh, did that sort of throw us a little bit, and then when made, they made the substitutions, we didn't quite cope with it. No, I, I wouldn't say that because if anything, I thought they might come out a bit more, but. They obviously that's the way they play but even then we were still comfortable we were still controlling the tempo of the game and and we attacked at, uh, we was attacking at will and but like the, the, the first goal was he's got inside Chris Solly it should be goal side both goals are basic you know from and, and both experienced players second goal that He's watching the cross. You need to open your body. Open your body. See both. See the cross. See your man. You see him coming, and then you stop him from coming. You go and win the header then. But instead, he gets caught square, and the fella just gets across him and goal. Almost basic, basic defending. And uh, again, it's uh, almost the, the, the winning goal, uh, as it turns out. In, in previous weeks, it's been drawing goals, but uh, comes off the back of uh, a really good chance of ours at the other end. Uh, this time it was uh, Ward who got on the other head and inches past the post when we, we could be looking here at uh, being 2-0 up and then we're, uh, we're losing 2-1. Yeah. Yeah. They're just not... Um, well, we're not, not closing out games, you know. Again, it's another game we could put to bed in the first half. We have to start taking our chances. They're not even half chances. They're, they're proper chances, like should be scoring. So, yeah, it's all right criticising the defenders, but we've got to, the attackers have got to be more ruthless as well. As a team, we have to be more ruthless. And um, so now we'll have this break now and, and regroup and we'll be ready for the next home game for sure. Yeah, Christian Bellick and Jamie Ward back on the bench, which uh, which is a comfort, of course, uh, and then uh, Jamie making an appearance, which is great. But obviously we've lost Lewis Page. Do we know long for now? Six weeks. Six weeks. So, yeah. uh, But <clears throat> even with that, um, with players coming back now, uh, with the international break, um, you can't really pinpoint the reason for losing on, on not having the players because, uh, as you say, we largely controlled that game today and it was <laughs> it was a game we should have, uh, should have buried long before uh, they got the sniff. Yeah, and I keep saying it... Uh, I'm driving myself mad I feel like I'm saying the same things all the time because we did control the game and, and, and we have got injuries in vital areas you know you've got Pat, Pat out you got Pierce uh, Pagey out like two massive players for us your back four is, 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 is your bone you know like that's that's your strength and, and at the minute we're, we're very um, unbalanced in in that back four, and you got like Souls playing a left back. You got Piercy playing right sided centre half. It, it, he looks so uncomfortable out there, but we have no choice, you know. Like you, <laughs> it's either him or Naby play there, you know. Like it, Naby's not going to be no more comfortable than him. So does that uh, make us vulnerable um, at times to, to to what's happened? No, I don't think it makes us vulnerable. I just it's just not as fluent. So when we want to play out, it's not as fluent. And, and when Pierce is in the channel, then 
there's only one place he's putting it it's out for a throw where if it's on the left side he'd probably put it up the line or, or, or maybe pass it but he ain't going to take that risk on his right foot and and again so then they get a throw on near our near our corner flag and instead of the ball being up there and so small little things but he just looks uncomfortable there and it's not his fault that's that's the way it's got to be because we don't have anyone else it must be I mean it's frustrating for the fans obviously we see uh, watching a game that uh, we're largely in control of playing some good football at times opening up uh, other teams and not winning <laughs> uh, so from a from a management point of view it must be uh, it must be pulling your hair out yeah because like, like I've said before like no one's outplayed us not one team has outplayed us um, and no one's out fighting us and that was our problem last season from from when I took over we, we was getting like well before I took over teams were out fighting us and, and, and we was just a bit weak so now like we're competing and, and we're playing well and all of a sudden we just started conceding these poor goals you know and, and that's that's not us that's not what we do we keep clean sheets and you might ship one in two or three you know like not nine nine in three we've conceded like and it just shows you what 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 a big miss I think it just shows what a big miss Pat is I think Pat Pat's a big big part of our back four you know he's does the um, the international break allow uh, Pat any any chance of being figuring in a couple of weeks, or is it still too far away? No, no, Pat's way off of it. Um, even when he takes the brace off his knee, he's still going to be two or three weeks. So he's um, no, no, he's he's long, long way off. But it might allow Christian Bellick maybe to slot into uh, into one of those positions to free up the left hand side. Yeah, it's something I'm going to have to look at because um, at the moment we we just don't we look so unbalanced. It, it just doesn't look good it doesn't read good nine goals conceded in three games it's definitely costing us because we've scored we've conceded what nine and we've scored eight three five no sorry six we've scored six and and got one point scored six goals and got one point how crazy does that sound like it's just wrong on every level so Something, something's got to be, got to be changed. Be looking at the international break in two, two different uh, views. I suspect one that uh, gives you a chance for the the players coming back to, to a bit more uh, fitness time. But you got a few players out on international duty. You must be um, fingers crossed and praying that they don't get injured. Yes, most important thing for us is that they'll come back and um, unscathed. That'd be a big bonus for us. There's nothing you can do. They have to go and represent the countries. You can't stop them from doing it. So, um, but yeah, uh, hopefully that'll happen, and uh, then we'll have a full week of um, training and to get them all ready for for the next home game. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Back inside, it comes to Reeves. Instant ball into the box. Tyler's there. So is Mr. Curley. It drops to ground. Yes! Come on! Has buried the goal that could give Charlton the three points. Welcome back, it's Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Thank you to Lee Bayer for coming in to speak to Terry after yesterday's uh, defeat. Um, Clearly uh, frustrated, uh, looking for answers from his side. Um, I mean, we we talked about he's still very young in his his managerial career, so this will now go down as a new experience, something he has to deal with. Because I'm trying to think we didn't really go... Once or twice last season, we had that perhaps a three-game run after his first winning uh, start, where we had a couple that he had to sort out, and he turned it around. So now mm. he's going to have to learn to do that on a sort of a, a longer, longer term now, I guess. Yeah, and I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves that he is still so young in managerial terms because he has a very clear philosophy of of how he wants to play. Um, he come out there and said, you know, the things that were lacking last year, he feels he sorted those out, um, and I think I largely agree with him on that as well. So he comes across as a very established manager. You know, he talks very well about the game. He um, he's played the game. He knows the game, as he'd say himself. <laughs> um, and and you forget sometimes that he's only been a manager for for a few months. Um, but all of these experiences are going to help him. Uh, and it's frustrating for us that you know he has to learn those things while he's here. But it it, it is a learning curve. And I think it, I don't get the sense with a Lee Bowyer team they're going to make the same att- uh, same mistake too many times. I mm. think uh, you know maybe once or twice, but they will learn from the mistakes and and he will sort them out. And uh, as I say, when he first came in, he said it himself. There, you know, they were a bit of a walkover. He sorted that out. Um, there were things to do with goal scoring and formation. He sorted that out. You know, he's got. I think he's got the best or better out of uh, better performances out of players like Ben Reeves. So I, I think he is making a difference, but he is still very young and he's still learning. So, yeah, we have to chalk this up as as another learning curve for him and, and for those players as well, because again, they won't have really experienced this too much under him. Um, uh, and we go again. And he said he's quite happy to have this two weeks now uh, international break to work with him on the training ground. And so it's going to be it's going to be these two we- these two weeks are going to be pretty big for us actually. Yeah, I think it, it probably comes at the perfect time to be honest. Um, gives us an opportunity to get some people back rest up those that maybe have been playing more minutes than they should um, and also address address the situation on the pitch with, with you know the, the lack of being able to to see teams off and finish games off um, but they're all things I, I have confidence in, in Bayo that he could, he can do that I mean like he said in his in his interview there no no team has, has played against us this year and has outplayed us really no. arguably maybe Peterborough for a little bit in that game but even that game where we where we lost, we didn't. We've never looked disappointing this season. Yes, we've had disappointing results in that maybe we switch off towards the end of games, or at the moment, especially with sloppy defending, we're giving away too many goals. But in terms of actual over the entire ninety minutes, we've yeah. never really been rolled over. We've we've been the dominant side and the better side, and it's just turning that that positivity of 
you know, playing as as good as we are in, into goals and into victories. I said it to someone on Twitter last night because I was saying that we shouldn't have lost that game. And you look at the like the Wigan game is a really easy example last season. They came here, they played us off the park, they beat us comfortably, they deserve to win. If we lose that game, I hold my hands up and say it and admit it. But I agree with Lou. Uh, Lou, I can't think of a single team that's that you, even arguably even been better than us at all this season. Uh, we could easily have, have won every single game. We, we've got that good a squad. I really believe that. And and I think it's our own mistakes that are costing us games. And, and that's what's frustrating. But as I say, I think the mistakes that are coming, it's not the same mistake every week. And that's the, the good thing is that when mistakes do happen, Bo is quick to sort them out. Right, don't forget, you can have your say, charltonlive.co.uk on the emails. Uh, tweet us at charltonlive. You can have a message on the Charlton Live forum. Uh, as well, Bob Liskin's got involved on Twitter. It says, "Can anyone recall Steer making a save since he came in? I would rather Dylan in goal making saves at expense of his apparent poor distribution." Now, I, uh, he made a good save at the start of the defeat, uh, the win. Sorry, at Bradford, first minute just before just before we went down the other end and took the lead. He had a, a sort of a point blank save that was a really good one. I mean, can you remember match winning saves he's made so far? But and obviously the argument that, that, that Bose had was that his distribution is much better than Dylan. So has his distribution opened it up for us? Because I remember after the first game, I can't remember what his first game was, but whatever it was, you did an Instagram poll after, yeah. after the first game. So you did one before and people felt it was harsh that Dylan was dropped. But you did one after and everyone said he should have come in. He should have stayed, like, um, that Steer should keep his place. Yeah. So I think people obviously at that time felt they'd noticed a difference, an improvement, but now it seems to have gone the other way and people are frustrated. Yeah, I mean, that was I think that was just after the Checker Trade game where um, Steer got his first minutes. Then I think it was... Who was it that we I played then? I think it was then? the Plymouth game, mm. wasn't it? I think it was Wickham. Or was it the I Wickham mean, game? Wickham, I'll, I think. I'll get it open for you, one second. Um, but yeah, I mean, he came in um, and he looked fairly assured. I mean, we conceded fairly early on against Wickham in that game yeah, I, I remember game, yeah. and I think that then obviously people are sort of thinking oh would Phillips have saved that blah 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 and I mean his distribution it has been good at times I mean, there's been a couple of times where I, I don't really think it's been is it, is it noticeably different? I, that's what I, I don't think it has been I don't think it's noted I don't think it's enough to no. justify him being safe in that side now I mean you're looking at Dylan was dropped for maybe making a mistake up at South End, but I mean, you have to look back now at maybe how maybe Steer has probably had a couple of a couple of goals that he's conceded where maybe he should do better. I mean, none none more so than Saturday that second goal. We were saying off air that he's got to be saving that. Uh, he made the mistake up at Luton. Maybe he charged that ball down a little yeah. bit too early, and the guy's not megged him. And I think you look at that now, and I, th- I think Dylan's going to be rubbing his gloves in, on the bench because I think he he does deserve to maybe come back in after after the international break and. Um, you know, it's a shame, really. I think we we sort of had steer down as the new as the new Ben Amos, and we're trying desperately hard to replace Ben Amos. But mm. um, I think Phillips deserves his chance to come back in because I was like you, I was surprised when he was dropped. Tom, if you were put on the spot, which goalkeeper would you have in in between the posts? Dylan, Dylan, yeah. And I would have. It's easy to say that after a game where we've lost right at the end there, but um, I, I would never have taken him out in the first place. I think that he did make a. I don't even know if it's a mistake, but he could have got down quicker to the shot at South End. But that's not enough to drop a keeper. Uh, and Sunderland as well. People said he should have saved the first goal. Yeah, yeah. And I was here for that checker trade game when when uh, Jed played, and and I was here at the Wickham game when he kept playing that ball over the top that that Lyle was getting onto. And uh, I mean, you can see his distribution, but that's not why you're brought in as a goalkeeper. That's that's an added bonus. And the first thing you need to be able to do is make saves and. 
based on what I've seen so far, shot stopping, Dylan's a better keeper. And yes, he's young and yes, he's inexperienced, but that doesn't count for anything. If he's Nick Pope was young and inexperienced, but he came in and look at him now. If Dylan's confident enough to make those saves, then that's the most important thing. And when, okay, Bauer's out at the moment, when you've got Bauer or when you've even Naby at the back and, and Souls does it a little bit as well, we've got players at the back that can play out from the back. See that ball Naby played into Ward yesterday. You know, we've got people that can play out from the back. So And Cullen now playing in that kind of quarterback role. So, you, uh, as I say, it, it, his distribution's good, but I don't think it's enough to keep the place. And I would think Dills will come in for Tuesday probably and, and get some minutes. And if he plays well in that game, I, I don't see why you don't put him back in there. Mm, right, 100%. Charlton said the last 10 minutes were shocking yesterday. Pierce uh, doesn't look comfortable on the right of the centre-back. Solly tries his best but at the same time didn't look comfortable. We've got to be beating teams like that who offered nothing until the last 10 minutes if we want the top six. Some needed rest now and we go again. I mean, it's still, yeah, 100% talk about the, the context of the season. If you want to finish in the top six, you have to win your home games. Now, we're only three points outside it now um, after that defeat yesterday. So, obviously, try and take it with a pinch of salt. It's only our first home defeat since August against Peterborough. But that is the sort of game you have to be taking maximum points in. We know that teams are going to come here and make it hard for us. Exactly. I mean, we're a, we're a scalp, aren't we, to a lot of teams, and they are going to want to try and you know wear us down and, and take on those, you know, try and win those points against us. But I'm looking at the I'm looking at the top six at the moment, I and mean, we've played we played Peter, mm. or we played Sunderland, and we didn't play badly against either of those sides. Lost them both, though. We did, yeah, yeah. typically. <laughs> if, you look at, if you look at our results but, against the top six so far, I mean, that people might say what's going on. Yeah, and that's that's why the, the issues we have now have really got to be addressed because we've got we've got Barnsley next. I mean, they absolutely trounced Peterborough. Mm. Oh, that was a great result for Barnsley. It was, four, fantastic. 4-0 win at Peterborough, yeah. Oh, Steve Evans was very Put happy that, with that. Fat um, in his place. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that is a cause, a cause for concern for me because I think... Um, if they've got the ability to turn over Peterborough who've had a bit of electric starts this season mm. we've got a worry really but that, that'll that be a big test for us here maybe how, chance for us to make a statement as well, exactly yeah. exactly. You know, there's nothing to say that Barnsley won't come down here and we won't trounce them right Flaggy uh, Flaggy says Dills was harshly dropped defence had a similar injury concerns and we played arguably tougher teams and Dills conceded the, uh, less yet is dropped he doesn't want to make Steer a scapegoat but his form is worse than Dills uh, was but Steer seemingly gets to keep his place he's talking about the fact that Steer's now conceded 10 in 4 uh, more, it's more unacceptable. What does Dylan need to do? I mean, do, do you think they, they, it would cross Bowyer's mind that he could, he might want to change a goalkeeper again? I think he, he has to consider it. I think he, if he's, he sort of was very bullish in the way that he had to drop Dylan after the um, after the South End game. I think he has to give Jed the same treatment, and I think that sort of thing can only make you want to work harder. And I think I think Jed Steer has got a lot of his game that he does need to work on. I mean, fair play, the distribution is better. Is it notably better? I don't know. But Dylan uh, is a young goalkeeper and he, he's he, he's been a, a long time and he's waiting for that opportunity. He got it at the start of the season. People say he could have done better up at Sunderland. Maybe he could have, but it was his first start for quite a long time, his first minutes. He's got that number one jersey he's wanted for a long time. The pressure's on. There was 33,000 people up there. Um, and I think... I think Dylan warrants coming back into that side, and I think hopefully he gets some minutes on on uh, on Tuesday night, and and then maybe we'll we'll see him come back in uh, on the twentieth. 
Mm, there's certainly a lot of chat about the goalkeepers tonight. Considering, yeah, don't forget, we did miss chances yesterday. We did struggle at times in the second half to create chances. Uh, the defending was bad for both goals, but a lot of the focus has gone on the goalkeeper so far this evening. More from uh, here from Tom Bramley says, their goalkeeper, uh, Lee Burge, made the difference yesterday with three or four world-class saves. Steer should have done better for their second goal. I can't remember him making a significant contribution to our season so far. He has to be dropped. So, that, I mean, that is the, the, the point that people are making is, you know, Ben Amos, I mean, especially towards the end of last season, we were coming out of game saying Ben Amos has won us three points there. Ben Amos has won us the game. Ben Amos has made some great saves. And we haven't had that great save moment from Steer other than perhaps that one at, at Bradford early doors where we went on to win 2-0. Yeah, you've got to look. That's the same the same save that Amos made a year ago, which probably kicked his season. Mm. You know, Amos made that incredible save up at Bradford, which probably secured us the points there. And Steer makes that save and we go on and win the game, but that hasn't sort of jogged him into into sort of third gear even. Yeah, he's but still sort of Richard, gear. Richard Justin has just tweeted in saying that he prefers Steer personally. So there is two sides to this yeah. and, and that's what Richard Justin is saying. Or London Inigiza said, uh, well said Tom uh, of, uh, a couple of minutes ago, presumably when you, you were talking about the goalkeeper situation. Leon says, our final pass is letting us down. Had attack after attack, yet the movement and pass was not good enough to create a clear chance. Taking off Reeves and then lost uh, our, our most creative player and then the final 10 minutes happened. So that is the, the talk of, I mean, obviously, like I say, in that second half in particular, you know, if you, crosses were blocked, passes towards the edge of the area, players were perhaps crowded out as well. Um, there, there was, you know, like I say, on, on Tuesday evening when we lost 5-3 at Scunny, we created chances so easily that when I saw that chance we had in the first five minutes yesterday, I thought, here we go again. But unfortunately, we had to be patient, but in that second half, it didn't really materialise for us. No, and uh, and as I said earlier, I thought our midfield largely dominated the game, but we got we didn't really get any further than that. Um, I thought Lyle himself put in the work of about 50 men yesterday. I thought he was awesome, but um, I didn't think Carlin had his best game. Um, and as I say, I don't think he had a lot of service, but that's why I said earlier that I was a bit surprised by some of the substitutions. I'd have liked Igor to come on. You know, It's hardly like he's blown everybody away, but he's something different. Um, and I would have been interested to see him come on. I, I thought maybe Ward might come on a little bit earlier as well. Um, and and so it was it was a little bit... I'd have liked to have heard from Bowyer a little bit more about why he made the changes he did. But um, look, the players that are out there are more than good enough to create. And, and Coventry made it difficult for us. As we've said earlier, you know, you, you do have to praise their game plan to a certain extent because they, they kept their, their shape narrow. You know, They kept their defenders the width for the box because obviously with, with our diamond, they know there's not going to be too much going on either side. And, and it's difficult to get through those gaps. And, and we did it up to a point and, and then we just kind of stopped and that's where you just want them to kick on as you say we did it on Tuesday night we just couldn't seem to do it yesterday alright Cliff Scales said it was a bit of a smash and grab for Coventry I think they would admit that themselves but we were in control for 75 minutes and should have got the second goal to kill the game off when you don't teams will always get a chance to get back into the game and that's what Coventry did Jed Steer getting a lot of the blame for the goals we are conceding just wondered what your thoughts are as I don't think he's had much of a chance with the goals and defensively we have been poor so Cliff obviously they're feeling that um, the defence in front of Jed Steer has perhaps let him down as well which I think in, in in cases I do think that's how I feel I mean there will be goals that he perhaps should have done better with but at the same time the defence uh, in front of him will, uh, I mean Bayer himself they need to take a look at themselves is what he said mm. um, they, they certainly need to sharpen up a bit Steve Catley says insistence on playing a compact midfielder is it a diamond is leaving fullbacks isolated the last three games opposition have just played it 
uh, to wide men and got crosses in. Should never have taken Ben Reeves off. Solly left back is a way stopped uh, passing game since Fosu has come back too. I mean, we're, we're talking about the diamond. Also, we know that means with the, the whip. I mean, it happens at both ends of the pitch. So the strikers are going wide as well. Because I've seen a lot of people saying, why is Taylor so wide? But in fairness, when he gets out there, he does really well anyway. But it, it means with with, with the, the narrowness of a diamond, I mean, the two central midfielders are asked to do a little bit on the, on the whip as well. And they have to go out and it's hard for them to cover both the middle and, and the wings. Uh, but it does mean that you don't have as much cover for the fullbacks and your strikers are going to go out as well. And I mean, that's the way the system works. And it has worked at times so far this season, but you can then see at times, sometimes it leaves your fullbacks a bit exposed, especially when they're playing on the wrong side. Well, exactly. I mean, it's like you said there. I mean, yes, it does drag the strikers out, but Lyle and Carlin both quite effective when they get dragged out wide. Um, it is hard really to... to and I don't think any of those defenders, any of those midfielders, sorry, are really that capable of maybe tracking back and covering um you know your your wing backs your full back sorry because yeah Solly Solly and Jig still are gonna be exposed to that narrow diamond but then I can't really see you know Reeves or Aribo, Fosu sort of tracking back and helping out. I mean Cullen did sit in front of the of the back four but it's not really his natural position. He'd probably rather be a bit further forward. Maybe that's where the advantage of having Darren Prattley in the side can come in. Um but you know it is it's just something we need to we need to sure up and i think we do need to get a couple of players back and hopefully over this break we can do that yeah, that's exactly what Red Army is saying on, on the channel live forum. He says, hi guys, hope you're well. Uh, I mentioned a few weeks ago that we have conceded so many goals from crosses and this trend is continuing. For me, it shows an inherent problem in the defensive shape and the organisation of the team. We need to get a grip now uh, on this over the international break. And, and he says, and hopefully put uh, Phillips uh, back in goal. Thanks for your message there, uh, Red Army. Martin says, it's simple, we're not killing teams off. We need to score two to guarantee a point. Ward scores that header yesterday. Uh, we go on to win 3 or 4-0, in my opinion. Longer game uh, goes on at 1-0. Deeper, we defend and invite pressure, and the inevitable happens. Uh, Greg says, I brain my brother. He was uh, We were 1-0 up at the break, and it was his crossbar challenge attempt that was pretty poor. This obviously got back to the dressing room, and the rest is history. I mean, it was one of the worst we've seen so far this season, although the pitch was absolutely sodden. It was raining all afternoon. If you're walking onto that pitch in trainers, you're going to struggle to get the purchase on it to, get, to loop he it up onto the bar. boots on, surely. Because uh, uh, we expected him to stack it if he'd had trained. It's still <laughs> yeah. funny. At it least was... he put it in the back of the net. That's yeah. something we didn't manage to do True very much. Well. Yeah, as Brian said, not many people get to score a goal in the Covenant. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I mean, we've played her a couple of times. The only time I did it was... Um, warming up. Warming up when there was no one in goal. But I still did it. So. I thought Bob Boulder was in goal. No, no, uh, I didn't get it past Bob. No I way. managed to do that. Yeah. I mean, it was still warming up. But yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take I that. lobbed Stubbly, but it's not, yeah. it's not massively difficult to <laughs> yeah. lob. Right? It still can. They all can. Uh, right, Sarah <laughs> says, uh, a simple answer is that Charlton always concede late goals, just like last season. The difference is we're now scoring and always seem to give 100% need to tighten up at the back. Two weeks rest and back to winning ways. I'm not too down about it. It could be worse. Look at Oxford. Do you want to look at Oxford? Not really. No, I mean, we're going to have to in a couple of weeks when they come here to the Valley. One day uh, we'll be in charge. Yeah, then. hopefully they don't yeah. change who's in charge. Got a creditable point yesterday at Chris Powell's South End in the battle of two former Charlton managerial <laughs> legends. Uh, John Abergar <laughs> uh, says, uh, if we were truly unlucky yesterday, I would assume the opposition goalie would be man of the match. To me, we never work visiting goalies enough. I mean, because, yeah, if you talk about the saves that he made, he made... 
the good one at the start when Grant was there at the near post and then his mate cleared it off the line when Fosu had the rebound. He, it was a good save from Taylor considering it was quite close mm. in from the header, but in, in the second half, did he make many saves? Not really. I mean, we said actually we thought he looked a little bit shaky when he was yeah. going for crosses. There was a couple of wayward punches and stuff. We didn't, didn't think he looked all that comfortable, but... There were a couple of long shots, weren't there, but nothing really to trouble him. Exactly. But yeah, yeah. I don't think we were unlucky. I think we, we just couldn't kill the game off. So I think it was our own fault. Yeah, Richard said he was sat next to Dietmar Brook yesterday. Good to see Charlton welcome ex-players here, even when they are Coventry uh, legends. He played for Charlton back in the 70s, Dietmar Brook, for a couple of seasons. Uh, he was a former professional... Well, I'm just reading his wiki page, because I've never <laughs> heard of him. But he yeah. was obviously a, a player for us in the 70s, and it sounds like he, he played uh, a lot more games for, for Coventry City. So Good to see he was here at the Valley. Right, let's have a quick break. We'll still get your emails to come. We've also still got our midterm report to come as well later on this evening's Charlton Live. With this goal on the near side, love it to Pierce. Yeah! Oh, it's good header and it's Bellick with the header. Thought it was going towards Pierce. It went instead to the Arsenal Loney, who's buried his first goal in a Charlton shirt, and Charlton now have a 2 1 lead with only three minutes left of normal time. And they've been putting Southend under pressure for the last two or three minutes. And Cullen's corners all game have been excellent, but a lot of them have been deep towards the back post. Not that time, it was swung in hard and low towards the near post. Billick made a brilliant run, got away from his man and thundered a header into the near post. Oxley had no chance in the Southend goal. And with, what, two and a half minutes left, Charlton have regained the lead and lead here 2-1. Charlton Live. Welcome back. It's Charlton Live here on Sunday evening, uh, coming to you live from the Valley. Louis Mendes, Tom Wallin and Lewis Cat here in the studio. Uh, looking back at yesterday's 2-1 uh, home defeat against uh, Coventry City. Uh, we're going to do the emails now. Don't forget, we've still got the midterm report coming up because we're going into the international break now. So now's a good time to sort of uh, take note of how everyone thinks we're doing, uh, who stood out for them, who's unfortunately not perhaps performed to the levels they were hoping for. Uh, although, judging by the tweets we've had so far this evening, you won't you, you won't struggle to guess who everyone's uh, uh, mentioned, unfortunately. Uh, and of course, uh, you know now that they've now that you've seen us playing for the first ten or eleven games, or whatever it is, you know where do you think we finish? Because uh, now you know, everyone says the league starts to take shape after ten games. We played twelve now, so now now is a good time to say what what sort of side you think we are and where we're going to finish for the for the rest of the season. Why right, emails Chris Davin. Uh, says uh, one point out of nine so easily could have been eight uh, gutted but not too down this league is bonkers topsy-turvy there's a long way to go surely our luck will change soon we've played well in large spells in each of the last three games definitely deserve more than just one point one thing me and thousands of others are questioning once again why is Steer starting is he undroppable due to some agreement with Villa it appears so he says um you have to feel for Lewis Page, really like him, but he's so fragile and unlucky uh, with injuries. I do wonder if by January we're still under RD's ownership, uh, then the likes of Arebo and Bauer and possibly Grant will be sold, ending any hopes of a playoff place. He says, every loser wins once the dream begins. In time, you'll see that fate holds the key and every loser knows that the time the tunnel shows will shine on you and all who know that we could make it. Keep the faith, boys. That's from Chris Davin. Cheers for that, Chris. I mean... I can't. Uh, I don't know if there'd be an agreement as such with with Aston Villa for for Jed Steer, but I mean, you don't send your keeper out on loan if you think he's only going to be a backup to a a twenty two, twenty three year old, do you? No, I think look, the the problem is Steer comes with with quite a good reputation. I mean, he's obviously a, a good goalkeeper, 
Don't forget, uh, but, this, this time last year we were hammering Amos. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, I just feel, and, and I think a lot of people do as well, that we were so happy that Dylan had finally got his chance and, and Boya came in and, and said, I think, was it even the game I interviewed him, possibly? And he said, look, uh, Dylan's my number one uh, mm. until, you know, until I see fit to, to drop him. And obviously, I don't think many people thought that that thing at South End was enough to drop him. Um, and I don't think really the performance in a fairly meaningless checker trade game was enough to promote Steer. So I think that's the difficulty, and it's difficult for Steer coming in because you know you, you've seen the the talent that's come through our youth system before. You know we we get behind our own players as, as so many clubs do, and when someone comes in on loan, you, it's very easy to have you know not feel that connection in the same way Amos won the fans over as you said and we, we talked to him after Bradford after that game and, and he was probably man of the match there so there's still time for Steer you know if Boyer decides to stick with him it only takes a couple of good games and he'll start to win fans around I just think general opinion is that that Dylan was very unlucky to be dropped and and I think we as I say we hold him a bit closer in our hearts as as someone who's been around the club for such a long time point that Chris makes about if uh, you know wherever we are in, in January you know you hope that we're going to be in and around the top six minimum um, if Roland's still here which seems, <laughs> seems pretty likely at the moment if we're being <laughs> honest unfortunately um, I mean people have this fear every transfer window is there going to be a fire sale is there going to be because is he going to try and get the last bits of money in he can before he's ready to sell the club or just to keep the running costs going which is what he's been doing uh, at times, I mean, it, there's always that risk. I mean, it hasn't always come true. I mean, every window we've sold at least one, it seems, but not the wholesale, uh, you know, people leaving that we're worried about. But could this be the one because he thinks he's on the way out? Um, you never really know with him, do you? I think he's just he's so up and down. I don't you know can't. It's, it's very hard to get to work out exactly what his strategy is at times. Exactly. I mean, you, you wonder by times, whether I mean, if we're, always. always yeah. Exactly, yeah. You wonder whether if we're up, up there, sort of knocking around, you know, top top six, Pushing the top two, whether he'll think oh, maybe we got a chance promotion here, and I can I can get a couple more quid out of people if we're in the championship, or he like you say he does he does sort of cut the losses and ends up sort of cashing in on the likes of uh, Arebo and and probably you know Bow is the one that I'm worried about because his contract's up in the in the summer, mm. isn't it? So it's, does he does he try and flog him in January for a fee, or does he wait and let him go for nothing in in the summer unless? these days but yeah because he told Boya that he, he was keeping him not sending him because he's going to be an important part of our promotion so you, you'd hope that he'd keep his word on that but after the Bauer tweet situation exactly, remember yeah. just after that where he said I'm definitely not going to sign a new contract I mean well unless he, unless he changes his mind on that one it will be very interesting to see what happens in January right Nicholas Riley uh, says hi defence was all at sea with our right back playing left back two centre halves making basic errors and a goalie who has not yet made a significant save in all the games he's played you really need a keeper who's going to get you points and he hasn't shown that yet uh, right, Reese Crane says, Diamond, hi lads, the makeshift back four obviously didn't help us yesterday, but we should have scored enough goals to win the game regardless. I could understand the, dime- the, the diamond formation at the start of the season when we had no natural width, but now that we have the likes of Fosu and Ward available, we should play a, fat, a flat 4-4-2 if Boya wants to play two up top. We're lacking Taylor's presence in the box all the time as he's receiving the ball in the channels. It would mean having to leave one of the central midfielders out who have done who have all done well uh, but a bit of competition and rotation in there might not be a bad thing that's from Reese. I mean what do you think about that guys mixing it up I mean because I mean Boya's 
he's going to look at the performances at Luton where at times we were controlling the game at Scunny where we at times we were opening them up and yesterday where in the first half we had to be patient but we did create chances although that certainly tailed off in the second period he's going to say well if we're creating chances why am I going to change it yeah I, I like the diamond um, I think it does serve its purpose I mean it is frustrating the lack of width sometimes but when you've got your natural fullbacks there it works you know if Page gets forward really well as we said earlier, Solly down the right gets forward really well. Um, and those forwards are pushing wide as well. You know, Lyle and Carlin both like to run out wide, get the ball, turn their man and drive down the channels. And when you've got Aribo and Reeves and people bombing into the middle as well, then that then that really works. Um, I think the, the good thing is that we've got players that can play all the formations and, and Boya's not afraid to look at them and, and pick the formation he thinks will work for each game. You know, we've seen wing backs in previous games as well. We saw him play a flat four four two last year a few times. So we've got players that can play them all. Um, uh, personally, I don't think there's any need to just change it for the, for the sake of it. But uh, if there are games where that other formations suit, then I think Boya will hopefully see that and, and make the change. Mm. Right, cheers for your, uh, your email there. Uh, Reese and Stephen Taylor gets involved says hi Lou I think it all started to go wrong about four years ago mate not just in the last ten minutes uh, Steer needs to go uh, get Phillips back we know that Ronan won't buy but we need some defensive backup I don't know what the stats are but either Pierce or Bauer always seem to be injured there, there has, is a case of that actually You think? I think last season they played the last ten games perhaps together maybe slightly more um, and there does always seem to be one of them out. I think we, we missed Piercy at the start of this season, didn't we? And after we got injured at Sunderland, uh, Bauer's gone out for a while. Um, because there's absolutely no question about it that when those two play together, then we're quite strong defensively, very strong defensively. As soon as one of them goes and we're sort of moving things around and we are suffering from a lack of backup in the fullback positions, as soon as one of those back four is injured and now it's two, we're in trouble. Exactly, yeah. But exactly. he's not going to get us any backup, is he? No, definitely he not. He can't anyway now. No, no, no chance. But I agree. It's just we feel so... I feel comfortable as a, as a spectator when, when we've got um, Pat and, and Piercy sort of together at the back because they're just a bit more shored up. And I, I think I think Billick has got the potential to be like that. I mean, obviously, we've not seen him maybe enough to determine that. But I was impressed with his performance up at South End. So mm. hopefully uh, we can get him back fighting fit um, in a couple of weeks' time, and he he can come in and add something to that defence, and maybe sure it up a little bit. I think getting Solly back onto his stronger side will will benefit us massively, and especially if Bellet can play in in Bowers role, gets Pierce back into his preferred position, and then obviously it's just the the left side we've got to worry about. But then Naby can Naby do a job there? He has before. And obviously, it's not it's not the ideal situation, but I think he's he's not had the worst games Naby lately. So I don't know. I think I think we'll be all right. If we can get Bellic back in, it will sure it up, you know, if not temporarily. Right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live. When we come back, we're going to hear your midterm reports on how the season has gone so far. How's it going, yeah? Got Grant inside of him. Use him as a decoy. Takes a shot. Oh, what a goal! Come on! Oh, come on! Oh, what a finish! Come on! Lyle Taylor, use Grant as a decoy. And a right foot shot from the right hand. Well, the left hand edge just Charlton attack of the penalty area. Absolutely arrowed into the top corner. O'Donnell had no chance at all and Charlton are 2-0 up. How's it going again? So welcome back. It's Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Now, we're heading into our first international break of the season. Don't forget, during the last international break, uh, was it Wickham at home, I think? Um, we, uh, we didn't have enough players to actually have the game called off. 
uh, yeah, it was Wickham at home. So we played. So this is isn't the first international break of the season for the likes of the Premier League teams, but it is our one now because we've got uh, Ward Cullen and uh, Lyle Taylor off on international duty uh, next week. So we get the weekend off. We're supposed to be at Warsaw, but instead uh, I'm still going to the Midlands. So I'm going on, I'm going to visit family in the Midlands anyway. So I will literally be driving past Warsaw's ground. So it made, <laughs> makes very little difference to me. Uh, but we don't have to do football for a while. Um, so now's a good time really to sort of uh, take, take a chance just to look at what we've achieved so far and what we think we we can achieve for the rest of the season. So I put it out onto, onto Twitter earlier. I was asking uh, four questions. First of all, I wanted a, a score out of 10 for how far the se- how, how well the season's gone so far. I wanted your, your, your best player so far this season, a player who perhaps hasn't quite hit the heights that you were hoping for, and finally just wanted to know where, where you think we're going to finish. So I'll open it up to you two very quickly before we, we read a handful of the listeners' suggestions. Probably won't be able to do them all because we've got a, a great amount that came in, which I'm really grateful for. Uh, so you'll be able to read a lot more of these if you look at our replies on Twitter. Uh, but Tom and Lewis, first of all, I mean, just, just a one-word answer out of ten so far? Seven. Seven? Yeah, I'd say seven. Seven, yeah. I, I was seven until yesterday, I was six. <laughs> but then again, <laughs> I, I might just be miserable because at the start of the season, I was expecting it to be about four right now. So <laughs> it, it probably has gone better than, than what I was hoping for. Best player? I mean, I think most people have been in agreement with one particular player here. Nabby. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lyle Taylor stood yeah. out amongst the replies. Yeah, yeah. For I'd us. say I'd yeah. say Lyle, and and then for his development and and progression, I'd say Joe Reba. Yeah, really all right. Yeah, Joe I, I think Carlin as well. Perhaps he's tailed off in the in the well. Even then, I think he, on on Tuesday, I thought Carlin played really well. It just mm. uh, decision making. I think Cullen will be pushing Taylor by the end of the season. Yeah, for yeah. player of the yeah. year. Excellent at class. Um, a player who's not hit the heights you were hoping for. Jed Steer. Jed Steer? Yeah, probably the same. Tariq Fossu, is that an outrageous claim? Because he hasn't quite, too early. He hasn't quite been yeah, himself I, I yet. I don't think he's quite had the minutes to yeah. to be to be judged on. I mean, he obviously, he, he's effective and he looks dangerous on the ball going forward, but then maybe there are a couple of times when, I mean, yes, yesterday we talk about he, he probably should be scoring from sort of mm. six yards. Um, but it all come, I think he's a bit rusty. We got him back and he got suspended pretty much straight away. So. <laughs> Yeah, right, okay. Um, and where do you think we'll finish based on what we've seen now? So obviously at the start of the season, after Sunday, there were people, including us, on the show saying, you know, if we don't build up the squad, there's a very da- very big danger that we could finish in the lower reaches of the table. Now, I think those fears have sort of been allayed now. I don't think we're going to be that bad. I think we're going to be top half minimum. But are we going to finish in that top six? I think we're more than capable of finishing in the top six. I think it's just about ironing out these issues that we've got in terms of killing games off. I think we... We need to do what you know the likes of Barnsley and Peterborough and Pompey can do, and and smash a team sort of four or five nil, and we haven't had that yet. And I think that's the that's the step is getting is getting to that stage, and we'll push for the top six. But yeah, I agree with you. Minimum minimum top half. I'd like to think that we've got enough to finish in the top six. We've played like we can finish in the top six. We we're never outplayed, but. Um, we we will see. It's it's about ironing out these silly these silly mistakes. Right. I've, so we've got plenty of uh, reactions to this. So like, so I won't be able to do them all. But if you want to look at our replies on Twitter, you'll be able to see them. Uh, or the Charlton Life Forum there's a whole thread on there with plenty of people getting involved as well. But Nicholas Riley sent one into the emails. He said uh, he'd give a six or seven out of ten. Uh, would have expected to be in the top six by now. He says uh, the the best player has to be Lyle Taylor, our best signing under Roland, and could be the guy to get us promoted. He says Jed Steer. Uh, is the player who he's been a bit disappointed with so far. I thought he'd be better, but he doesn't seem to be any better than Phillips. 
Uh, and he says that with some uh, better luck with injuries, he reckons that we can finish in the top three, uh, which would be good. But they'd be good if you finish third and just miss out on automatic. Team, <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Um, on, on the Charlton Life Forum, Charlton Park Lane said that um, he hasn't given us a score out of 10 as such, but he said we're doing a, about as expected. He said it's a poor division uh, where everyone wins and loses. Uh, once again, Lyle Taylor, the best player by a country mile. Jed Steer, the one who's let him down, pushed in the side uh, with no real merit or reason to drop Phillips. He says uh, uh, the four... Uh, if we could be, if we could get a bit more wise and lump it forward when we need to, then the top four uh, is achievable. Ricky, uh, Ricky Otto on the forum says six out of ten. Uh, Taylor the best, Steer the worst, sixth. He reckons we we'll finish sixth. Len Glover said seven out of ten. It would have been an eight before this week. Uh, obviously, the, the two defeats, unfortunately, this week possibly taking us down a couple of notches. Says Taylor has made a favourable impression on and off the pitch. Steer uh, does not fill me with confidence. Said realistically, 10th or thereabouts for our finishing injuries, suspensions, and general lunacy from Roland. Selling someone crucial in January are likely to prevent anything better. I fear he says playoffs would be possible at our strongest, but how often will we be uh, at our strongest? Henry Irvin on the forum says, um, uh, out of 10 he says 7 out of 10 because we're not killing teams off our best player he says Bauer uh, just shows uh, how much we're missing him at this moment in time and that's a fair point that's a fair point yeah, yeah. Uh, it says uh, player is disappointed Johnny Jackson his legs have gone um, <laughs> uh, he says uh, where do you see us finishing in second now uh, on, on the tweets uh, Sammy got involved says uh, 7 out of 10 our football has been excellent and exciting uh, and we've not been second best to anyone uh, but injuries are against us uh, but the squad are together and we will get there because of that team spirit. The future is looking good. Our best player, uh, been a few, but Taylor impressed with Saar also proving a lot of people wrong. Agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I think Saar's having mm. a fairly decent season. Yeah, uh, he still makes me slightly nervous when he has the ball at his feet at times. A couple of times yesterday he played a couple of silly passes yeah. that were but the same made up for, for yeah. that ball at the end. Yeah, that ball at the end <laughs> yeah. for, for the header from Ward. He's, he's got himself a few goals as well, hasn't he, this year? Yeah, so, so uh, he, says, uh, he said, worst player, I don't think there has been one. Uh, if honest each player that has been called on has done his honest best and that's all you can ask for and he said where do you think we finish you think we finish uh, in the top six Cliff Scales says seven because of the last three games out of ten uh, Lyle Taylor the best one he said would be again would be harsh to say any player has disappointed me but the defending in the last three games has been disappointed uh, he said he'll finish uh, we'll finish in the top six now Steve Catley's only given us a five out of the ten he says we're not creating enough chances we're losing uh, silly goals poor game management should be much better in this league with these players Lyle Taylor by a country mile he says uh, is the best player he says uh, the, the defence is, a, is a, as a whole have let them down uh, he says support, sort the defence out and top six otherwise uh, this se- another season in this division if we don't right um, and F James uh, said 7 out of 10 uh, showing promise said uh, it said best player so far this season Page he's been a great all rounder although of course unfortunately now we're going to uh, lose him for a few weeks but I, I do like Pagey and I think uh, perhaps maybe just the last week before he got injured as well he obviously had that disappointing moment at home to Plymouth where he let the guy climb above him uh, but other than that he'd been fine but now this injury of course is going to send back interesting shout for the player that he's expected more from from Ev there he said uh, uh, Lyle Taylor he says uh, he, promise, he promises much but he lacks confidence I mean I have to admit, I don't think Lyle Taylor would... I'd ever put him down as somebody who lacks confidence. But, I mean, he scored seven already this season. Could we have had more from him? Should we have expected more from him? Could have had another couple yesterday, to be fair. But I think it's very harsh. Yeah. Um, I, I, 
you couldn't really. I don't think you could ask much more for him. No. There, there are other goals there, but you could say that about yeah. any striker when he's but getting himself in the right place. Obviously, sets his standards very high. Yeah. Uh, and and it, we have someone on seven goals tally at this no. time. No, 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 like no, say, no, no, normally that might happen by the end of the season if, if we're lucky. Yeah. Ever yeah. yeah. uh, says that we will finish in the top two. Uh, certainly, he said it may be controversial, but that's my honest opinion. Right, thanks for that, Ev. Um, we've got thirty seconds to look ahead to Stevenage on Tuesday. Everyone who thinks really? it's a, and it's about as long as it's worth. Yeah, everyone, everyone who's talking. About this two weeks international break isn't hardcore and going to Stevenage to watch a hotchpotch of under 23s and first teamers needing minutes to take on some Stevenage players you've never heard of but I'm going anyone else? Nope Potentially Potentially maybe. yeah uh, we'll looking, f- looking forward to seeing how we get on Lewis? Nope. I can't wait I've, I've, set, uh, I've it, set the alarm on my phone Possibly could be useful for some minutes for someone yeah, who's coming back I maybe think... like oh an award he's gone off an international um, uh, no, I can't think of a single player actually. <laughs> there must be some out there. Billick, maybe. But yeah, Billick, of course. You might yeah. rest him for a bit. Mm, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see. Um, we lost our first game on penalties, so we have one point. There, there's been other group games which I haven't bothered looking up. So if you if you're interested enough to find out if we've got a chance of going through, um, then, then good luck to you. Right, we have run out of time on tonight's Charlton Live. Unfortunately, uh, like I say, it's the international break now, so we won't be here on Thursday because there's no big match to look forward to next weekend. And of course, we won't be here next Sunday either. Uh, we'll be taking a deserved rest uh, whilst I go off and present some sort of international podcast. Um, no, I won't really. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so um, but anyone who is going to the game on Tuesday, uh, I hope you enjoy it. Um, thank you for tuning in this evening. Tom and Lewis, thanks for coming in. No worries, Lou. I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live. Let's hope that we have a, a good couple of weeks off and uh, all come back refreshed, uh, looking for another three points when we come back after the break. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.